Hello and good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day you are listening to this. Welcome to episode 40 of the AG podcast. I'm your host today, Nyash Cohen 09, and with me on the podcast is the regular Jaminator. Good evening, pal. How you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. And also joining us on the podcast today is Joe. Good evening, Joe. Good evening. How are you? Uh, you're not bad. About as well as anyone could be in these weird times, I suppose. Yes, in the current climate. I hope everyone's keeping well. Um, right, today's podcast is going to be uh, a little bit different. Uh, so we uh, are hopefully going to be a lot shorter today. Um, we're not going to uh, we're not going to look at the leagues uh, in general, but obviously over the past uh, couple of days we have had transfer deadline day. Um, you know, big big part of the season, and uh, so many people get involved with it. So it's really really good to see. So we're going to touch on that. Um, we're then going to uh, go over to Bertie who is uh, put together a little something for the golf, obviously a couple of rounds into the start of the season. And then finally, we're going to look, uh, I'm going to pass over to Joe, who's going to um, reveal the teams and the divisions for the new season of the F1. So obviously, if you're uh, if you're playing in the F1 this season, then uh, do make sure you listen through to the end today. Right, so transfer deadline day. Um it was a busy one uh, in terms of uh, people getting involved um, throughout the day in terms of, uh, you know, videos and um, in the evening with the BFAs. Um, Jam, what, how did you think deadline day went? I thought it was brilliant, mate. Considering I was at work as well, um, I uh, I truly enjoyed it. I think I uh, nipped out to Matalan in my dinner to go guys yeah, by yellow tie. Yellow tie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I got a few questionable looks when uh, I came back wearing a tie. Well, when I came back with a tie in my hand because I was too cheap to get the carrier bag. Um, <laughs> we, we have Specsavers provided ties, so everyone was sort of looking at me a bit weird why I had to go get a tie on my dinner. But, you know, hey-ho, found a nice little nook and cranny in the shop where no one would be to record my video, so it was all good. <laughs> Consequently, it was the same tie that Joe was wearing. I mean, you know, put two and two together and make four if you want. Well, yeah, I mean, I was quite lucky. I did actually already have it in the house, but it was the same tie. What I did enjoy, Jam, was that you were actually wearing the shirt and you couldn't even be asked to put the tie under the collar. <laughs> I already had a tie underneath it. It was brilliant. Did you? It seemed a bit lazy. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I only get half an hour for my lunch and queues in that <laughs> quite, quite long, I'll tell you that now. There was no social distancing in that queue, let me tell you. <laughs> I can imagine. Um yeah, no, I mean, just obviously really, really quickly on that, you know, the videos, I think, this is one thing on the deadline day that I always, um, I always really, really enjoy looking forward to is seeing what people uh, put out. Um, so for those that do get involved with the videos, really massive kudos to you because, you know, it is a big part of transfer deadline day and it's all, it'd be nice to see more and more people get involved with it. Um, you know, it's easy 10, 15, 20, 25 million, depending on what you do. Um, going to the, tra- obviously the BFAs, it was a, it was an evening and I think you spent big yourself jam, um, on that evening. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I was I mean, looking well, here, you bought my I mean, radar, didn't you? All, yeah. I mean, first of all, I mean, looking at the, um, looking at transfer deadline day as a whole, I mean, there was a few deals that went through on deadline day, not many, no. Um, you know, prior to the BFA. So I think it'd be good to recap them first. I mean, the three 
that I've sort of picked out, which I'm guessing you three, you guys would have actually looked at as well. But um, uh, the three biggies was myself buying a goalkeeper off Berger, um, which is a position I absolutely needed. So it was quite good. I was a bit disappointed to then see uh, Andre Lunin turn up in the BFA straight away. Because I've had him in previous uh, previous leagues and he was quite good. But I'm quite happy with my addition. He's saved me a couple of good saves in our match, Joe, as well, in our league games. Um, yeah, he did, so he's yeah. definitely worth it. Um, and then for me, the two of the biggest, probably transfers of the season happened on deadline day as well. So I don't want to glaze over them. You know, I mean, one that'll come to you first, Joe. I mean, uh, Payne managed to get himself uh, Minamino. Yeah. He did, off Mark, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, what do you deal. think about that? Um, in, in what respect? You mean value-wise? Well, value, I mean, the fact that Payne, you know, I mean, it looked like maybe he'd be on the way out this season. Maybe this was going to be a last season for him, but do you think this will make him stay in? Would it make you stay in? Uh, possibly. He's not someone I inquired about personally. What did he actually go for? I can't remember. Was it about 25 million? Swap, wasn't it? Sumar and it? 28 million, I think yeah. I've got written here. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's not bad value, really, is it? He looks, he looks a nice player. He's, he's a nice, a nice, probably a camp, I'm guessing, is he? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite funny, isn't it? Because if you're looking at when he did the deal, he was mm. probably one of the best cams in the league. And then you look after deadline day, there's probably yeah. five or six who came into the league who were on the same sort of par. So it's quite a difficult one to judge, really. Mm. I would agree. Um, and then, you know, Ash, looking at the, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest deals as well was uh, Dan James moving from Bondi to Rhino as well for... Um, uh, Hamza Chowdhury and a, and a right back from uh, from Lee Good. I mean, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's uh, that was an interesting deal. I think, obviously, Dan James, you know, is a very good player. Um, I don't want to say, obviously, I don't want to get done for devaluing. I'm not sure whether I would have uh, I would have sold, but um, you know, what was it, Hamza Chowdhury, and was it one other player, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a right back from uh, from Ren, I think it was. Yeah, I mean maybe he need, maybe there was two positions he needed. Um, you know, I don't know. It's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I what, done the deal. yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Um, <laughs> what I've got. <laughs> No one wants to get done for devaluing over No, don't You've got to be careful what you say on here. You've got to be careful what you say. Yeah, the police are be out. We start, we, we start turning around and saying, if you want to subscribe to mine and Ash's Patreon and see the uncut version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the full uncut version. Um, two, I'll just... two, yeah, two million scudo subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, I just obviously I've got a couple written down here that I sort of um, had a little look at the BFAs in the evening. Um, Berger as well spent big. Uh, Yang, thirty-five million. Um, or that is a mystery flower, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, it was the last two mysteries of the night. Me and Berger. Um, there was two mysteries. See, Marcus had teased Halland on Twitter, which I, in my heart of hearts knew wasn't going to happen. But yeah, you know, you just think like oh, maybe. Maybe you've got to risk it. The chance of possibly there being a cut in the in the off season, you might as well get rid of your screwed away. You've got a chance. And who, uh, obviously, Yang and Morelos out of the two, are you happy with Morelos or would you have rather absolutely have had absolutely not? No, Nyang. absolutely not. I mean, I, I don't think I can get done for devaluing my own players, can I? No. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm absolutely not happy with that one at all. Thirty-seven million. I wouldn't have paid seventeen million. Um, 
but, uh, but I just, only because I just don't like the guy. You know, he's he's all right. He scored a couple of goals for me. You know, in in league games and things. But I just don't really like the guy. For me, he's too much of a hothead. Gets sent off all the time. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm sure I'll be able to flog him when the season comes back around. Yeah, I mean, the other two that I had written down here that were quite interesting was uh, McTominay for 15 million. I, I personally think that's a bit of a steal um, at that price. Um, he's Man United, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe. And the other one that I had written down, um, and I say because I think I had him a couple of uh, seasons ago on the previous FIFA, and that was uh, De Hood for Harry, 7.6 million uh, centre midfielder. A little tasty player in the previous FIFA. I don't know what he's like on this one, but um, I think at that price it's uh, it works out well. Then I think Harry will have a good player on his hands, and if it doesn't, it's not breaking the uh, breaking the budget. Um Obviously, I'll come to you, Joe. Um, what yep. any of you that have stood out over that um, the evening? Yeah, I, I went for ones that I thought were good value, to be honest, more than anything. Um, I probably started myself. I got very, very lucky in the raffle. Um, oh, 59 cool. tickets. Yeah, 59 tickets. I had one, um, and I won it. It was any player rated under 78, and I had a couple in mind, but I ended up with um, Orsiman, the I think he's a Lille striker. Yeah, uh, he's absolutely fantastic. I've played him quite a few times with friendlies now, and he's he's ridiculously good. Uh, he doesn't seem to miss. He's very quick. He's strong as well. He's agile. Pretty much exactly what I needed. I needed some pace to my team. My team was very slow, so I got very lucky. But I was very happy to get him. And of course, I also got Loonin, who you just mentioned, Jam the keeper. Um, ironically, he didn't really help me that much, considering forty in the second half. Yesterday. Istanbul, Istanbul. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's the spirit of Istanbul. Was, that was very disappointing. I'll tell you no lies. But I, I mean, to be honest, I've, again, I've used him quite a bit, and he's been fantastic for me so far. He saves a lot of shots with his feet, which I love. That in a keeper, um, he's very, very good. The other ones I looked at again, what I thought was really good value, as Ash mentioned, McTominay, 15 million. I think he's a real steal. Players from Man United, there's a lot of United fans on the site. He's probably only going to go up. Um, I thought that was really cheap for Hilly. Another one for me, Bertrand, 5 million to Bunsey. Mm. For a 77 rated left back, that's nothing, is it really? Um, the best left back in the league by a mile. And the other one I had down was for Lost Boy, Zaniolo, the Roma mm. Cam, 18 million. Um, one of the best cams in the league, obviously. Again, he's young, he's got a lot of potential. Playing week in, week out for Roma. I thought that was a really good deal, to be honest with him. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say that. I mean, for me, I think I agree on the Zaniolo. I'm surprised no one else went for him yeah. um, you know, with, with real conviction. I, I sort of hovered over him and was debating. But, um, yeah, no, it was definitely a, a good deal. I mean, for me, it's funny you say about the good value deals, Joe. I kind of looked yeah. at the other end and I sort of looked at the ones who I think had overspent. Yeah, and it's easy to say in hindsight when you go for a mystery who's overspent. Obviously, myself going, you know, thirty-seven million for Morelos. Obviously, that is overspending, but it's a mystery, so you take your chance. Yeah. Um, before I move on to the ones I think overspent, I think you know you've got um, for me the deal of the night when I looked at it actually was Mark towards the end. He got uh, Mbabu, the uh, Wolfsburg right back, for sixteen million. Um, I think on the open market he could fetch probably double that. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, for a right back, which you know, BFA, you can either overspend or you can underspend. You never really pay value. So I think to get sixty million for him, that was a bargain. Um, yeah. 
in in terms of overspending, I mean, it was it seemed to be the overspending happened quite early on. I mean, the second player to go in the auction house on the entire night was Broomer, and Ryan Jones just got really excited and blew his load. Spent a lot of money. Six point five million. Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, I don't understand it. You know, I could understand it if you were one of the guys who was. who's maybe new to the site, but we knew there'd be a few rounds of BFAs and he just went really, really early with all his money. Um, it's a bold you know, decision. Think, it's a bold decision, I think. Yeah, if, um, day, if you if you want to play, you could get them. Yeah. yeah that's, that's fair enough. Uh, and again, he's a good player. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, the only other one I would say really overspent was MJG with 26 million for a goalkeeper. Um, but again, it depends if the goalkeeper's good enough and a good keeper at this level can can save you, you know, points and, and win your games. Um, yeah. What did, um, I'd be interested to think you guys get your opinion on um, Catrone to Aaron as well for 25 million. What do you think about that? He's um, a very interesting player, isn't he? He's, he's just left Wolves, hasn't he? Gone back on Lorton Italy, is that correct? Mm. In January, I think? Yeah. Didn't do much at Wolves, did he? Um, he looks a good striker. For me personally, I like to try and buy players that are doing well in real life. That have got a good chance of being upgraded. Yeah, um, and I, I I do try and stay away from the ones that are sort of having not fantastic seasons, if that makes sense. I know he's still young and he's gonna he's got time to improve in the future, but he wouldn't be my sort of buy personally. I mean, for me, you look at the difference, uh, Ash, in regards to. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but again, sometimes the deeper you go in these in these transfer deadline day BFAs, sometimes you get better value. Sometimes you get people spending a lot of money at the end, but yeah. you know. Trone was in the first round of BFA, 25 mm. million. Yeah. Uh, Danny Ings was a round or two after, and he went for 20 million. Yeah. You know, he's a much better striker, in my opinion. Um, and obviously, myself getting a mystery with Joel Linton later on for 18 million. So, you know, Joel Linton, you know, again, he's been great for me so far. I would still say Danny Ings is better, but personally, I'd put Joel Linton ahead of Catrone, especially on FIFA. So, again, it just goes to show, doesn't it? I think value's in the eye of the beholder. And, if you've got a bit of balls about you in a BFA, yeah, you early. Hold out. Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, if you've got the balls to sort of uh, hold on, because obviously I suppose the, the argument would be that, you know, you pass on a player in the first round and think, oh, yeah, might get a better one or someone else more tasty might come along. Um, and you wait for the later one to come out. If it doesn't, then you're like, oh, well, I've missed out. Um, I mean, obviously, Aaron must have seen something in him uh, to spend that sort of money and do it early. Um, so, you know, hopefully he does well for him at uh, that price as well, um, which is yeah. sort of one of the higher figures, really. So, I mean, I sort of just looking down there. I mean, obviously, it's not so much with the 36 and the 37 that uh, some people have spent. But, I mean, compared to the... They're not massive prices in the BFA this uh, this window. Um, you know, I mean, there's a few that are sort of floating around the sort of uh, 22, 23 mark um, and below. But there's not that many um, higher than that. It's uh, it wasn't that much money spent. Who was um, Jaquanjo? You first, mate. No, I was just going to say. I think there's quite an interesting point when it comes to that because if you look at the amount of sort of 77s and 78s that came into the league, there's a lot of people who were either in negative wages or sort of coming up tight against the matchday payment cap. And when you consider that's three million and a 77 rated players. 700,000 wages and 78 is 1 million. Mm. It, it sort of makes sense that those players would go for a bit less, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get what um, you mean, yeah. Because nobody 
really wants to go too far over, obviously, because everyone's still sort of trying to improve their teams. One thing that I did think was very interesting was that if you look down that list of people that bought players, there are some names in there that you wouldn't often see taking part in BFAs. I don't want to say the lesser active managers on the site, but people that wouldn't often have the chance to buy such a high-rated player mm. um, in a BFA. I mean, I, I don't want to name names because it's not, you know, it's a bit rude. But there's names I'm looking at down there that you wouldn't often expect to buy that sort of calibre of player. And I mean, some of them aren't the most desirable, 77s and 78s. But I thought it was quite an interesting point that when you look at it, so many people are hard up against the match they came in. It is giving the lesser active managers the chance to buy better players yeah, and not not fall as far behind as they would have done in the previous system, if that makes sense, which was something we talked about quite a lot. Like It was quite obvious we wanted to make it more um, fairer for the lesser managers in the league taking away sort of the lower match day payments and things. And we did think that when we got to a point where everyone was getting tight against it, people would be able to catch up sort of quite naturally. So it's quite nice to see that happening, if you know what I mean. No, I get it. And, and, and not, I don't want this to become a, a you know a podcast or half a podcast on uh, on the match day payment argument, because, you know, I could talk about it all day. Um, but for me, you know, I, I did talk about it with um, Berger the other night and said, well, ultimately, I think it was actually on transfer deadline night. You know, ultimately, if you if he's in say minus fifteen hundred uh, uh, one and a half million of wages, um, but he's competing in sort of five events over the week, he's going to still be plus eight point five million at the end of the yeah. week. Yeah. You know, whereas someone like Gazgrass, he might be earning two million a match day, but that's only every six days. And if he can't get to an event, he's buggered. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's there is definitely an argument to to keep it stringent. I think it's definitely been a lot better. Definitely been a lot better this season. Um, who, just before we move on from transfers, uh, Ash, and, and sort of you take us to the next part, who would you say was the big winner and big loser of deadline day, both of you? Joe, if you want to go first, in, in terms of managers. Um, I don't really have a loser, to be honest. I, 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 think, I don't think anybody came out of it worse off. Um, mm. picking, picking a winner is quite difficult. I mean, Bertie bought a couple, obviously, but his team's very good anyway. I'd probably have myself, to be yeah. honest. Because I, I felt like I really improved. Um, like I said, I needed some pace in my team. And I got one of, if not the best striker on the site. And I really upgraded a goalkeeper as well, which were two positions I really needed. Um, I guess Shelbourne as well. He bought, uh, did he buy three, I think, or two? He really yeah, upgraded two, as well. Yeah, two, I think. Yeah. Um, they'd be the for me, really. I mean, for me, uh, Ash, I'll, I'll, I'll do mine first and come to you to finish off, mate. But... In terms of me, I think in, in, the reason I say loser is is because you know you look at someone like Armand Raz, you know he had sort of thirty something million. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he actually managed to sign a player. No, um, it's nothing. I just don't look through this list here. No. And then when you're bottom of the bottom of the prem as well, it's just you know one thing after another. But he'll be someone that next season he'll bounce back from the championship. I, I have no doubt. Um, and yeah, winner I would have to say is between two. It'd be between yourself, Joe, based on the raffle win. Um, and then suited, you know, Danny Ings and Harry Wilson, um, you know, for for about sort of what fifty million between the two, which I think if he wants to sell them next season, he'll again he'll make profit. So I think suited did quite well out of it as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult to pick a sort of uh, a sort of loser. I mean, um, you know, you said Eamon Raz, um, obviously had thirty six million. I mean, did he? I, I can't remember. Did he go in for a couple of players or? He did, just, yeah. Yeah, I think see, he's done a couple. Yeah. 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 So maybe he should have just I don't know. Did he just go for one player? 
um, and sort of secure that player maybe I don't know I mean we've had this debate before and people some people will spread their payments and some people will just go for one uh, one player in direction um, winner obviously yeah I agree I think Joe yourself um, you've done well obviously on the raffle um, oh, what was the what was the entry fee if I remember was it two million two million yeah and you bought one yeah, ticket yeah yeah, yeah was, well, I, I think Marcus said it was 118 million went out, so it was like 59 tickets. Yeah, well, there you go then. Yeah. I mean, 2 million for a 78-rate uh, player. Um, yeah. So you can't really mind too much with that. Um, but, yeah, no, all in all, another really, really good deadline day. Right. Oh, man, just, just before you move on, I'm just literally wondering what the hell that was then. I don't know if anyone else is getting it, but there's loads of people in my street applauding for the NHS. So, you know, well done and, uh, and fair play on that. <laughs> I thought it was fucking gunfire. <laughs> oh, no. No, sorry. It's my, it's, it's my road, I think. Hell. I think I've got my window open. They're banging something, but yeah, no. Yeah, no, fair play. And do you know what? And again, applause applause from me as well. Well done to everybody who works in the NHS. Yeah, they're cheering now. Cheering's going on. I've got nervous. I've got a Brilliant. How many dogs clapping, maybe, or barking? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, right, so moving on. And... Uh, Obviously, we've just started uh, the golf. Uh, I think we've won the first two rounds of the season. Uh, so Bertie's going to give us a little bit of an update of what's happened so far. So over to you, Bertie. Thanks, Ash. It's great to be back as I self-isolate here in the AG Clubhouse. But the good news is that the new season has returned on the AG Tour. And this season, we have 26 members, our biggest yet. This is thanks to returning members, the likes of Dearest Storm, or my podcast friend Jam, Roy Jones, Big B, to name a few. And we have some new members, guys who've just got the game and have joined the tour and seem to be enjoying it. The likes of Gazgrass, Macam Jet, Lost Boy, New Ince, Andy Brill, and just this week, MJG. It's great to see. At the top of the leaderboard in week one were two names unfamiliar to most. Mabuki on minus 25 was the winner from Saucerset on minus 22. Amazingly, eight people tied for third on minus 16. This is what I want to see. A lot of guys tied at the top of the leaderboards every week. It means our handicap system is working out fine. Week two saw a victory for Big B on minus 22, who won by just one shot from Macam Jet at the Sanders Work Farm. At the top of the AG Tour leaderboard after the two weeks, Shelburne and Paul Lowe's are tied, but it's early stages yet. Anybody can win it. This season, I'm focusing on courses that are as enjoyable as possible for everyone to play. So on the spectrum, there's easy, easiest, medium and hard. And I'm going with easy, because I think it's the right balance. I'm focusing on courses we haven't used before, preferably if they've got a bit of unusual characteristics. So I'm playing them lots, testing them lots to see if they're suitable. The one thing I'm looking for is greens that are not too difficult because nobody likes that. I'm also looking for course that have, courses that have a bit of length. I don't want to see a birdie fest. I want all aspects of your game to be tested. For example, in week one at Suburban, Illinois, the 18 tee was set in the middle of a baseball diamond and your tee shot to the fairway was over a crowded grandstand. That's what I love to see. 
So if you're thinking of picking up the game, I think you'll enjoy the courses that we're picking out this year. So have a go and get back to us. Thanks, guys. And thank you very much for that, Bertie. Um, Right, moving on. And next week, we start the new season of the Formula One. And this is the moment that uh, if you're playing in the season, you have been waiting for. Uh, I'm going to pass over to Joe, who's going to talk a little bit about the teams and the divisions for the new season. So take it away, Joe. Yeah, nice one. Um, thanks for letting me come on and um, reveal them. I thought it'd be quite a nice thing to do on the podcast, uh, rather than just sort of sticking a fit up and letting everyone read it. So we had uh, a fantastic sign-up. We had 31 entries for the two divisions. Uh, it wasn't easy dividing them up because there were some very good drivers in Division 2 last season who had to come up. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of poor drivers in Division 1, so it wasn't the easiest task. What we've ended up with is two divisions. We've got 17 in Division 1. We've got 14 in Division 2. I think they're pretty well balanced, to be honest. I don't think anyone could have too many arguments. So I'll do a little rundown. Division 1, we're starting with the the better driver and the worst car, and we'll sort of work down. So we've got Bunsey and Soggy, who I don't think anyone could argue are the two best drivers. They're in the Williams. We've then got Shelbourne and Suited Recluse, who are in Sauber. We've got Danger House and Bonzi in Toro Rosso. We've then got Colmore in the McLaren. We've got Ash in the Force India, along with Berger. We've got Mbucky and Jakesley, who are in the Haas. We've got Golden Beard and myself, who are in Renault's. We've got Big B in the Red Bull. We've got Ninja Beard in the Ferrari. And we've got MJG in Aaron in the best car, which is the Mercedes. Going down in Division 2, we've got, again, the best drivers and the worst cars. We've got Packfish and Malian in Williams. We've got Harry and Ryan Jones in Salbers. We've got Red Rhino in a Toro Rosso. Payne Wheels in McLaren. We've got Riverman in Force India. Emotional Worm in the Haas. We've got Nakeds in the Renault. And we've got Storm in a Red Bull. And then to finish it off, we've got Bertie and Tans in the Ferrari. And we've got Jeff Anthony in Dilly, both in the Mercedes. Um, I think the divisions are quite well... Um, Allocated, they look very balanced. It should be a good season. I think, as you know, Ash, we've got a, a full 21 race calendar this time. Yeah. So we're including all the circuits that we uh, haven't done before, which is going to be quite interesting. Monaco and Azerbaijan should be ridiculously <laughs> hard. <laughs> I, do, I do think we're at the stage now where we're a bit more sensible. Uh, so hopefully they're not too bad. It is a stage now where we're taking the best 16 results from the 21 races so if certain people don't want to race certain tracks they don't necessarily have to uh, and the last thing I've probably got to say is that we do have 31 races but what I've tried to do is leave spaces in each team down the order so if people do still want to join the can do there's open spaces in both divisions um, just send me a PM feel free to get involved it's it's one of the best events on the site. Obviously, we have sort of high 20s online every Monday night at 10 o'clock. It's just really good fun. And you don't have to have prior experience. Division 2 especially is very laid back. Uh, anyone can jump in and join in. And it's free scudo. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, we're in, obviously, this is the third season. And uh, we've had two really, really good successful seasons on uh, on F1. Um, so if you've not signed up and you do fancy uh, joining in and do so, it is on Xbox Game Pass. 
Um, and yeah, 10 o'clock on a Monday night, it is always good laugh and good fun. But to everybody else that is taking part in the season, all the best of luck. Um, and it's uh, I know it's going to be another cracking season. Absolutely. Um, have, you, have you got any uh, early analysis of your forced India seed? Yes. Well, as you said, I was with Berger, didn't yes. you? Oh, that's, well, yes, that's good. <laughs> that's good. It means he won't have a moan. <laughs> when I've taken him out on the tra- in our track. Um, You've just got to train the body each other in a pit lane, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, communication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it'll, um, it's going to be good, and it's going to be good fun, as I know it will be, uh, as every, yeah, uh, every I, I, event. I been. think Division 1 should be quite interesting, really, because the, the four that have come up in Division 2 are all very good drivers, and they have got some good cars as well. Aaron and MJG, especially in the Mercedes, could probably spring a couple of surprises, I think. I was just about to say, obviously, from a from an F1 novice, obviously, to you guys, obviously, who play the event, um, yeah. you know, who would be your uh, early favourites based on the car driver matchup for both divisions? I'll let you go, Ash, go on. Well, obviously, yeah, I mean, so, in Division 1, you sort of don't look past Soggy because Soggy just uh, is the, uh, the severe F1 uh, driver on the site, you know, sits there full on steering wheel, gear stick, pedals on a on a Monday night. It's probably the highlight, um, you know. And he's a good driver. And uh, Bunce, was he Buncey? I think um, you said yeah, he was with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I expect they will both do well. Um, it's difficult for me to really say about Division Two, just because obviously I don't know too much about the driving styles in that division. Um, so I'm not going to make any comment on the division division two, just because I don't think it would be a fair a fair judgment to say really. But you, you so you say about those two obviously in division one being you know you think they'll they'll be good, but how much difference does the car actually make then? Is is it like real life where the car is just that much better? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. The the cars do make a big difference. Um, I think Ash will probably agree when you when you're in a straight line and you've got a faster car. Yeah. On your right right hand side, it does make a big difference. You, you can really tell they're going a lot faster. Um, but like I said, you've got two standout drivers there, in Bunsey and Soggy, who are uh, they're very very good. Um, they were both in the the worst car last year as well, the Williams, and they both consistently won races. So they deserve to be up there. They will win races again. Last year's Division One winner was suited Recluse, actually, and he was in the, I think it was in the Mercedes, if I remember right, which was the best car. Now, because he's won the championship, he's gone down to Sauber, so it'll be very interesting to see how he gets on. Um, in Division Two, my early favourite would be Packfish. He was very unlucky not to come up to Division One. Uh, he finished fifth in the championship last year. He won a couple of races. It was only because there wasn't really any more people to come down from Division 1 that he didn't go up. Uh, he is in the worst car, along with Merlin, who's, again, a very good driver. They'd be the pick for me, really. Uh, like I said, Division 2 is a lot more laid back. So they do both take it, not seriously, I don't want to say take it seriously, but probably more seriously than a lot of people. So I think they'll do both do very well. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, again, it's something that I have looked at and thought, oh, do I give it a go? But like I say, it's difficult for me to commit to every week. So is it a thing you can dip in and out of or not really? Absolutely. I made it very clear this time that you, what we did last time, I said that if you wanted to be in the championship and have a team allocated to you, you needed to sort of commit to X amount of races yeah. because we were trying to do a constructors championship. 
and it really it's not needs fair people. Then, it really exactly, yeah. If, you, if you've got four people in a team and one of them sort of only racing once or twice, it wasn't really working. But actually, this time, it, it was just impossible to make that happen. So what I said was, even if you're going to dip out, if you're going to do three or four races, sign up, get a team, then you've got a, you've got a car allocated. And it doesn't really matter how many you turn up for. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm quite surprised you never tried it, Jan, because it's, it is really good fun. And it's on Game Pass. You don't have to pay for it. So, it's something um, that I can be a try-hard at. I can't say anything more about Burger anymore. He's my teammate. I'll have none of that. I'll have none of that. I defended Harry, who uh, went. I, I, I defended Harry last season, who went walking about towards the end of the season. Um, no, come on, Burger. I have every faith. He got a girlfriend, didn't he? <laughs> needs to get his priorities right right hey, you've, got, you've got to remember as well he's a key worker now so whether he's got time for us yeah. he's uh, <laughs> yeah. up in the air yeah. yeah right so those are the teams um, and obviously the uh, the divisions and that all kicks off on Monday night so uh, I'm looking forward to getting started with that right so obviously today has been a bit of a shorter episode so um, we are after your feedback so do let us know in the uh, in the for in the forum um, because you know it is uh, it will be used and uh, if this is sort of something that we look to um, going forward um, so your feedback is pivotal because, you know, without you guys, the podcast wouldn't exist. Um, you know, your sort of listenership and your feedback is what we sort of thrive on. So, um, yeah, feedback as much as possible. Right. Uh, Joe, if you want to say goodbye in your own uh, special way. Goodbye. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Jam? I'm not, I'm not sure what else I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, cheers for coming on, Joe. Um, and yeah, like Ash was just saying, then in terms of feedback, obviously it is something we could look to do, you know, on a more regular basis. We could look to move to separate podcasts, you know, one for the league and one for everything else, you know, one for um, golf, F1, COD, events, etc. Um, you know, and do two shorter podcasts, you know, again, it's something that we are absolutely open to do, independent feedback. So, please let us know and um yeah and again thank you very much for listening as always yeah no and uh from me thanks for listening and see you on the next one goodbye <laughs>